We've all been getting out and about in the sunshine over the past week, but have you walked into the back garden to find out you're suddenly not alone, but accompanied by hundreds of thousands of flying ants? Well, why are they out and just what are they doing? Let me explain. Let me explain with Sean Defoe, a News Talk original. Now, I know this has been a highly anticipated episode of Let Me Explain. I was adamant we had to cover it on the show. And just to say, I do get very antsy when I know people are listening to the show but haven't subscribed. So hit that button wherever it is you're listening. Now, it's time for some entomology, baby. Ants live almost everywhere. It comes around literally once a year. Ants haven't entered your thoughts at all. And suddenly, they have wings and they're all up in your face. It's all a little bit... Lord of the Ringsy. I thought they were dead. Dead? No, you cannot kill them. No. Rose! Rose on Rose! Okay, maybe not quite that dramatic, but not far off how some people react when there's a swarm around them. But where do they come from? And can all ants fly? I'm Aidan O'Hanlon. I'm the curator of entomology at the National Museum of Ireland. Of the Irish species, um, all ants can fly. Ants are unusual in that they've got different, we call them morphs, so there's different, like like with bees and wasps, they belong to the same group. There's a worker ant, there's a queen ant, and then there's a male ant, and in bees they call those drones, the male drones, male bees. Winged females fly, and winged males also fly. And so it happens when an, an ant hive can only grow so much, um, until they need to expand. It runs out of space for the individuals that live in it. So what happens is new new females or, or new queens that have been selected to be future queens by the queen that would have started the nest, um, they develop wings and they'll leave the nest um, on what's called a nuptial flight. And so males who are also winged from other nearby nests will fly out. So the workers are also females. They're all females. They never grow wings and they never get a chance to reproduce. So it's only the queens at, or what will become queens of a new nest and the males that are winged. But why now? Why this time of year? I have asked to my own house right now, but I suppose the broader issue here we're talking about is around insects and the importance of insects. Dara Stanley is a lecturer in applied entomology and spoke to Kieran Cuddy on the hard shoulder. These ants at this time of year uh, are in their reproductive mode and they love this weather. They have waited uh, for this perfect uh, type of weather. This time of year, I suppose, uh, it's, it's easier to see insects quite often when the weather is good. Uh, insects often don't have the capacity to actually produce their own body heat. So, so many insects do rely on warmer weather conditions. Uh, they'll tend to be more active in, in warmer, drier, better weather, but that does depend on, on the insect species. So that's one reason that you're seeing them. Often summertime, we tend to be a bit more uh, aware of insects, but also the time of year that it is there, the fact that it's July uh, probably is, you, you would expect insect abundance to increase over the mm. summer as as a lot of insects are in their reproductive kind of stages. So there are two kinds of ants you see flying around, the so-called princess ants. These are ones handpicked by the existing queen to now become queens themselves on this nuptial flight. So the bigger ones you see flying around, up to 15 millimetres in length, give them a gas queen because they're all going to be queens of their own. And the smaller winged ants are the males. They grow wings specifically for this time of year and when the heat is just right, all right, launch position. They pop their heads out of the nest, antenna check, rev the engines, wing check, and take flight. Okay, 
Usually what you see uh, when you see the huge swarms of them in urban, suburban Ireland and, and certainly down the countryside uh, is you see these huge swarms of, of tens of thousands of individual ants, females and males or new queens and males um, and they will all be flying from separate nearby nests, some individuals from the same nest. Those ants from all the different nests come together and things get busy. My name is Nilona. I'm a wildlife expert and an author and a broadcaster and jack of all trades, I suppose, essentially, if it's to do with wildlife. This is the time of year when ants mate and they mate up in the air, having great fun and hijinks. So not quite ants in your pants, but ants trying to get into each other's pants. Essentially, if you walk through a swarm of flying ants at the minute, you're walking through insect coppers. You get sex and drugs and rock and roll because they're up in the air. And of course, they are actually food for the flying birds. So you get eagles and you get swifts and you get oh swallows, all kinds of things flying around, screeching and gobbling them up. So there's all this wackish and there's all this activity and there's all this carry on. And, you know, so it is a big coolie, if you like, for everybody. Aidan O'Hanlon from the National Museum says for ants, it's pretty important to have choice when you're on the pull. The females won't be mating with males from the same nest. So it's, that's one of the reasons that they swarm is to ensure that the genetics get mixed up um, so to, it, to avoid any sort of inbreeding that will kind of put the future nest in, in, in any sort of, at any sort of risk of sort of inbreeding or, or anything like that. And for the queens, it can be a very productive session, according to Dr. Dara Stanley. And they might mate once, they might mate a few times. But uh, the queen can live, uh, they've lived in captivity for a very long time, over 20 years, so the queen can live for quite a long time. But the the mating that she did just now uh, gives her enough uh, sperm to work with for her entire life. So she could produce thousands and thousands and thousands of eggs uh, from just those those, uh, one or two or a few mating events that she's had at this time of year. And while some places around the country have had their ant party day, others have yet to come. It's caused by the weather in the sense, you know, all the ones in the parish will go at the same time when the weather is a particularly warm and humid. But it doesn't mean that the whole, it only lasts for the day in any particular place, but the next parish could be due tomorrow and the next parish could be due the next day and you could be encountering these all over the place and think, God, this is going on forever. But it actually doesn't. It's, it's one day for any particular area, but July is time for it, yeah. An unusual thing is happening is that um, they swarm they tend to swarm a little bit earlier in cities. So I, where I am in Dublin, the flying ants were out about a week and a half ago. Um, and I heard that was the same down in Cork City. I was talking to someone there recently. But we've yet to see massive swarms of them in, in rural areas. Um, and I think it's because cities and hotter suburban areas get their own little kind of microclimates and that sort of stimulates the ants to come out a bit earlier. But as with any party, it has to end at some point when the ants literally come crashing down. The worst that they'll do is land on you and kind of make you a bit uncomfortable. But um, they, yeah, they don't bite, they don't sting, they've no interest in you. They've other things on their mind. They're just in a, in a mating frenzy. Um, and then they have to run off and go up and set up, set up a new nest. The males usually just die straight afterwards. Um, they've, that's their only job that the males really do in an ant colony is just be around to mate and then, and then that's it. Um, the females or the new queens, after they've mated in the sky, they'll drop to the ground and they'll often chew off their own wings. Uh, which sounds horrible, but it's it's kind of like recycling protein that they'll use to make eggs. Uh, they'll make the protein kind of shell for their eggs. Um, so you'll see them sometimes, the, the queens are bigger and fatter, and you'll see them crawling on the ground on your patio or something like that. 
either with the wings kind of half hanging off or totally gone or sometimes still on. Um, but it's all it's the same type of individual. It's just either taken off its wings or not. But the males usually, yeah, they just, they'll, they'll die or get eaten by a seagull or something like that. I saw the seagulls going mad yesterday for them. Um, it's another sign that the ants are swarming actually is a swarm of seagulls flying around up in the sky, just flying around with their beaks open, taking them all in. Now, all that said, a life where your sole purpose as a man is to reproduce, I mean, you could talk me into it. In and Ilana, the aftermath of this party sounds pretty gruesome. The men die off and the women eat their wings. Well, no, they don't eat, well, they don't eat their wings in that sense. And the men die off. Well, the men die off generally after sex for most of the insect of the world. I mean, you know, they're super numerary. Once they've done the job, that's the end of them. In fact, you're lucky we're not talking about spiders because the, the, the female widowed spider eats the male spider eats them because she's extra protein for laying the eggs. But in this case, the lads fall down exhausted. Or they don't get eaten by the swifts and stuff. And the females come back down to where they've seen this myself now. And they land on the ground and you can see them breaking off their actual papery wings and abandoning them. They don't eat the wings, but what they do is they live off the muscles because obviously in order to be able to fly up so high, you have fairly strong wing muscles. So once they're mated, they actually go and hibernate. Now, in the middle of July, you think, what are they doing? Going to bed too early, but they do. And the food that they have to keep them going is the is the tissue, the, the, the fat layers, the, the protein, the nutrients, if you like, that are in those wing muscles. So they don't come down and break off the wings and gobble them up like slices of toast. It doesn't happen like that. It's the actually, during the hibernation period, it's the wing muscles that keep them going. But you nearly had it right. And look, it is far from entomology that I was reared. I mostly just know ants are a bit of a pain. Like no one wants to see them marching two by two or otherwise into the house or dare I say ruining a picnic. But do they actually bring anything to the table themselves? Like we know bees are great pollinators. What do ants do? Here's Aidan O'Hanlon again. It seems to be that one of their main functions is kind of uh, as as biomass. Like there's one of the main features about ants is that there are just so many of them. Like you, again, we see this with the swarms, but they have huge population sizes. Um, and again, when they do when they do swarm, this is kind of like a bonanza food resource for birds and other insects. Um, another thing that ants do that that's quite interesting is that they kind of have this policing role. So that there m- m- many of the species that we have in Ireland of the twenty of them would be kind of omnivorous and they'll eat anything. They'll eat a bit of fungi or, or leaves or nuts or whatever, but they also go out and uh, prey on other insect species and they'll kind of bring that back to their nest and they'll use that to rear the young. Um, so they could well go out and, and uh, farm aphids. Um, they could go, like, which can be pests. They actually have a beneficial relationship with aphids, which is quite amazing. So aphids, when they're feeding on plants, their poo basically is this uh, sticky substance called honeydew. Um, and ladybirds eat aphids, but ants, if you watch what they're doing, they'll be swarming around uh, some aphids guarding them from ladybirds because the ants basically milk the honeydew from the aphids and they'll take that as a kind of a, as a really quick um, carbohydrate snack to keep them going. Um, and they'll often fight off ladybirds, which will take out the aphids, but they can go out. Yeah, they'll take um, caterpillar larvae and some of the caterpillar larvae that can be devastating for horticulture if you're trying to grow crops or something like that. But yeah, as biomass, they're, they're really important as food for other animals. And all that is great. They're good for the soil too, apparently. But I still don't want those loved up queens parking their literal love nests in the steps outside my house. Or even in the shed. Ainani Launa, is there anything people can do to direct them elsewhere? 
I told you I was a wild life expert, not a wild death expert. You don't really expect me to tell you how to be killing things, could you go all out of that? Why are the ants coming into your house in the first place? Depends on what you've done with your back garden. Ants love to live in nice warm places where it's nice and dry. So very swanky people turn their back gardens into patios. They put out this can of slate. They put them on sand. The ants can't believe their luck. It's Christmas and their birthday. This kind person has built a lovely place in the back garden. So the ants, these, these ants we're talking about are black ants. They don't sting you. They don't bite you. They're not like the pissy myers that bite your bum at the beach. So these are the grand. And what they're doing is they're living in the place that you have provided. Now, if you want to get rid of them, dig up your lovely patio, put down grass or put down, I don't know, put the field back that you were so posh getting rid of in the first instance. What happens is they, they, they go into the sand, they go into the ground and they build all kinds of tunnels and chambers and everything else. And indeed, some of them are under your house and come up. If there's a pipe going down for the radiator or there's a hole in the, in the cement in your ground floor, they're, they're cracked. So they come up, they come up through that. They don't fly in the windows. I mean, they actually come up from the ground. So if you go around with your tubers, toothpaste, your builders, builders, um, your sealants that you can get, get the right colour for your floor and seal up all those cracks. And they can, they can come up outside to their heart's content and leave you alone inside. So there are ways to keep them out without killing our six-legged... Um, friends. But remember, if you do plan to take on the ants, heed the lessons of a bug's life. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's it for Let Me Explain this week. The show was researched and produced by myself, Sean Defoe. John Kill edited and had the idea for this week's episode, which may or may not have been born after a few run-ins with ants and an old conservatory. And Lachlan Hart was on sound, making things sparkle. I'm off to the garden with a hopefully insect-free sandwich. Chat to you next week. <laughs>